Hi, this is Jeanette Creamore, or you may know me as JC. Welcome to Laugh, Learn, Lead, a podcast show that helps project sponsors, project managers and their teams shape their project success stories. I'll be sharing interviews that bring a different perspective to what project success looks and feels like, as well as unpacking our conversations to provide insights and practical tips. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hi, listeners. In today's episode, you have me. Yes, your host, JC. I actually don't have a guest with me today. Um, I'm going to do another unpack episode. The reason for that is um, I'm in the middle of relocating out to the suburbs and I'm packing boxes and just juggling a few things. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm just doing what I can. But I also want to keep make sure that I'm actually um, giving you content as regularly as possible. Um, I've been talking to a few people recently around professional sporting teams and how they provide us a great platform to learn about projects, project team success, project um, success strategies. And as we are rolling into the AFL um, finals month of September, I thought I'd spend today just sharing what I believe are the comparisons and how we could um, next time we're watching um, a sport um, just to sit back and actually see if we can actually take some lessons and apply them to our own project situations. I've been fortunate to volunteer, I know, for 30 years in both AFL and swimming. I'm spending a lot of time behind the scenes of what happens um, to bring it to the television. Um, so the audience, the fan base, um, can experience the excitement and entertainment of what both of those sports bring to us. It's not all uh, roses. Um, there is some wonderful moments, but um, like projects, there's always risks and issues and um, there's governance and processes and many, many, many different people um, involved, just like a business change project team and what they do to bring success um, to their client and to their executives in the organisation Professional sporting teams and athletes actually go through a very similar process um, to bring success to their club and to themselves as an athlete. Um, today I will share um, setting goals, roles and responsibilities, the game plan, review and feedback, fan satisfaction. Let's start with setting a goal and I'm going to use the AFL so we actually keep um, some consistency in my comparison. Although whatever that sport is for you, I'm sure you'll be able to um, interpret and visualise what I'm talking about. Um, uh, AFL club, um, like all businesses, sit down with their board um, and their key stakeholders and do visioning, um, strategic plans, uh, value setting, what do they want to be known as, um, how do they um, want to be recognised, what's their brand, um, what will make them different from another sporting team and what will give them the advantage to um, bring home the, um, the, you know, the, the championship cup. So the board is an independent um, group uh, mostly successful um, 
business owners or executives um, in large global companies, and they bring their time to the uh, boardroom for free. They don't get paid to the board members as um, much as what you think they might. The board members, so the chairman of the board and the board members actually um, provide their services as pro bono to the club. Yes, they do get some benefit. They actually do get travel and they also do get um, great seats at the game. But they're in it for the reasons that they're there. They will bring um, legal expertise to the table, financial expertise, um, business development, um, communication, community involvement. Whatever their backgrounds, they all bring together. So already you can start seeing that that board room is could be very similar to your organisational um, head of organisation structure called the CEO, the COO, the CFO, um, but they could be reporting to the board. I know when I worked at Village Roadshow, I was doing a project there, they have a board that their CEO and COO report to. So just like um, business, there is a separation in governance from the board that the um, senior exec, um, like the CEO, COO, CFO, all have to report into. So that's the first part of setting goals. That's about taking the club um, strategically over a three to five year plan. And for some, they actually have to go bigger than that 25 year to 30 year plans because of facilities. They have long-term leases or they have to seek government funding um, to upgrade their facilities. So that's one part. The next part is setting goals and that's actually with the football team and department. Every year they will sit down and set their goals for the year, what it is that they will measure their success on. Um, where did What happened last year? What did they want to do to improve this year? And that's actually um, done with the um, senior coach, um, the CEO, um, the CFO. So the senior execs, um, you might call them your um, executive leadership team in your organisation, but the ones that are responsible for the function of your organisation, they would sit down and um, develop potentially an operational plan for the 12 months ahead. Now, those goals really determined um, the type of um, athletes you're going to attract. They're going to, that's going to determine the type of resources, the people that you want in your administration team, the people you want in your football department, because we now need to start looking at the next thing I want to talk about, which is roles and responsibilities. So when you've set your 12-month goal um, for the success of the club, your next thing you got to look at is your skills gap or your expertise that you need to achieve those goals. So it might be that you have to bring in um, specialist uh, medical people. It might be that you might bring in some mindset coaches because one of the things that you found last year was that the team were performing okay, but at times when they're under pressure um, or they need to make decisions, their mindset wasn't actually up to date. And when you um, think about your own project team and the people that you're working with, is it their mindsets that's, that's the difference between the skills that they bring to the team 
and their ability to be um, responsible um, to take on their role. So maybe when you're thinking about the goals that you're setting for your project and you're looking at the people that you have in your team, before you get into assigning roles and responsibilities, look at the skills and the expertise that that, um, that your team's going to need as a blend. Uh, it's really important that um, you don't put Johnny in the same role as last project if you actually need Johnny to do different skills. Um, so think about the skill set and the expertise that you might have to bring in um, from a contract point of role or um, a part-time employment um, to supplement um, your team. Now, when we've uh, looked at our skills, we will then look at the um, assigning roles and responsibilities. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched an AFL game, but you'll notice in the coach's box on game day, it's very deliberate where the coach sits, the assistant coach, um, the medical team on the bench, um, the runner that's sending out the messages um, out um, to the players. Um, and then also on the field, the role and responsibility of each of the team members. Um, you will see that each game has a game plan. And although that they might have an overarching role and responsibility to the club and to themselves for the year, that role and responsibility might change slightly for the game plan. So if you think of a business analyst that's in your team, they have the role of, you know, requirements, um, definition, potentially some data mapping to help the developers or they might have um, support to the change and communications officer um, and they'd definitely be helping the project manager. So depending on where you are within your project plan or in professional sport, we would call it a game plan, your, your role will slightly change because the team's asking you to bring different skills and responsibilities at that time in the project. So it's game day and you're watching um, the, the, the captain and the leadership team on the field and you'll notice there's a lot of um, conversation and talk. Well, there should be. Um, there's some signalling um, as a communication style. Um, so when we're watching the game, we might be making judgment and calls of how a certain player looks or appears to be not fulfilling what you thought was their role but we actually don't know what's being discussed as part of the game plan with the coach. So if you're thinking about when you're observing someone else in your project team and they may or may not be doing something that you think they should be doing, speak up and ask. Remember the planning that you might have done for that sprint or that phase of the project. Um, sometimes you just got to remember that there's slight adjustments to ensure that we're continually delivering and um, getting results. So the game plan is something that is set every week, game, you know, opponent to opponent, um, ground to ground, um, uh, the, your strengths and weaknesses according to injuries. And I think when project teams are also doing their planning, they also should actually be putting in um, the review and feedback cycles. So one of the things that I find in the AFL system that works really, really well, 
um, is at the end of each week um, on Monday normally and the Tuesday, they will have a complete review and feedback sessions with the um, coaches um, and with the team members. And that review and feedback um, process is very detailed. So they will have an all-team review and talk through about um, and give one another feedback around the roles that they were all assigned for that game and how well they performed them, maybe some things that they learnt during the game that they could actually bring into the next game plan strategies and tactics. Um, it could be that the individual will stand up and um, say that they had they weren't there for the day, you know, their, their body was but their mind wasn't. And so that review process as a team is so crucial. And then each of the players will break away into their one-on-one feedbacks with their um, speciality coaches. Um, And then that's where you will get your individual feedback and you will talk a lot about what you should be focusing on this week at training. It might be your kicking, it might be your handball, it might be the way that you communicate on the field. Um, I I know that... um, one of the things that um, I watch out for is definitely the communication of the team when they're playing. Um, if there is a lack of communication, either through um, constant talking, you will normally find in the review and feedback process that that's um, one of the top three um, issues that the um, players talk about is that they need to be better and always be talking and supporting one another um, So, yeah, so in your project team, how do you do your review and feedback? Do you do that um, at the end of a phase, at the end of a month, at the end of a a week, or when the moment happens, when the issue happens? Look, not one size fits all here, but I would recommend that you um, spend at least review and feedback as a team every week or at the end of what you might call a sprint or a chunk of work. It could be um, a fortnight or a month, but please don't let it go drag on um, more than a month. Um, Already, if you don't get that feedback loop happening, people can keep going on a path and and then they've got to do rework because they actually haven't had that immediate feedback of correction um, or improvement. And the other thing I want to talk about is fan satisfaction. So we're either at the game or watching it on TV and either our team is winning or our team's losing. That's pretty well it. Um, And the fans accordingly will have a satisfaction level. Um, You know, they'll either be walking home cheering or they'll um, be uh, no doubt whinging on the tram on the way home um, about how their team didn't perform and that they've paid money to watch and things like that. So I want to relate the fan satisfaction to your stakeholders. In um, projects, there are so many different stakeholders and they will all have different expectations about how you should perform, how you should um, communicate um, because this project is a significant investment. So think about when you're watching your team and you feel that sense of frustration because you might not understand um, why they're performing in a certain way. You might be frustrated about last time um, they could 
kick well and this week they're not, so they should have had more practice at training. We're not actually behind the scenes and we actually aren't walking in the shoes of the athletes and the coaches and the administration staff that bring it all together for game day. So think about your stakeholders and when they might be a little bit quiet or they might be upset and they might be um, also complaining. Take time to listen and actually understand why it is that they that their fan satisfaction level is low or high. Because it might be that you need to explain some of behind the scenes stuff or not. Um, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, so um, I've got to um, duck off again and you know get back into packing and uh, organising removalists, etc. So I just wanted to um, take time to really just share a little bit about that. Um, Look, I've been fortunate, as I said, to spend uh, 25 years in the AFL system and um, get a lot of exposure to not just um, grand final wins, but also a lot of wooden spoons and a lot of facilities that were um, not great and facilities that are world-class. I've been friends with athletes. I've been friends with their parents. Um, So for me, I, I always try to find ways where I can learn from other industries. And I feel that um, sport, especially professional sport um, can give us a lot of lessons that we can bring into our own organizations and, and, business change agendas on how we're going to go about setting our goals, assigning roles and responsibilities, um, tackling the plan, um, having review and feedback, and also maintaining that stakeholder satisfaction level. So I hope you've enjoyed this quick unpack. Um, I'd really love if you could help me reach a wider audience by rating and reviewing my show. Um, They tell me that um, each time someone rates or reviews, um, it increases the opportunity for others to also hear what we're talking about. And also, if you have a request for a a guest interview or a suggestion for a topic that we can talk about, um, please send me an email. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Take care. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a few ideas to take action. I would love for you to rate and review the show. I too need feedback to learn. Cheers for now. Remember, a day without laughter is a day wasted.